0: Welcome to the Oceans Church podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged, and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Uh, We're going to turn to the book of Ruth, something different. Uh, Chapter 4, verses 9 through 17. Who's heard a sermon from the book of Ruth before? We're going to give it a go. Chapter 4 verses 9 through 17, will stay upstanding for the reading of the Word. We'll pray together, and then we'll be seated and get into it. It says this, Then Boaz said to the elders and to the crowd standing around, You are witnesses that today I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malon, and with the land I have acquired Ruth, the Moabite widow of Malon, to be my wife. This way, she can have a son to carry on the family name of her dead husband and to inherit the family property here in his hometown. You are all witnesses today. Then the elders and all the people standing in the gate replied, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Jumping over to Romans chapter 8, verse 28, it says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose for them. And so the title of our message this afternoon this evening tonight is it all works together it all works together can you turn to the person next to you and just touch them appropriately and look them in the eye and just say to them boldly can you say friend come on say say find someone say friend take heart it all works together Now, can you turn to the person on the other side of you, the one you rejected the first time, you left them all alone the first time, and look them in the eye, touch them appropriately, and just say to them, friend, I've seen him do it. It all works together. It all works together. And church family, I make this declaration over every person that is in a valley right now, every person facing a challenge right now, Every person facing an obstacle or a mountain right now and every person facing delay or frustration right now, it all works together. It all works together. So all over this place, can we lift our hands as we pray, as we just position ourselves to receive the Word of God. Father, we thank you for your Word today. The grass withers and the flower fades, but it's your Word that remains forever. It's your Word that stands the test of time. So Father, we pray that today tonight this afternoon this evening that you would mark us by your word change us from the inside out and that you would do what only you can do tonight have your way in this place in Jesus mighty name we pray and everyone said amen amen hey can we go ahead and lift our voice and give God the most raucous shout of praise right now go ahead go ahead yeah hallelujah hallelujah let everything that has breath praise the Lord, the Bible says. So you can go ahead and take your seats. That can't be Rachel Catterall with a baby. My goodness. Good to see you, Rach. You, your name, last name would be different by now, right? Rachel Blythe. So good to see you, Rach. Oh my gosh. Grown up with a baby as well and a husband. A baby with a husband. That's good. I saw, I saw Mum at the gym the other day, and I don't know if she passed on my hello, but I, I let her know I'd be seeing you this evening. Hey, great to be here tonight. It's awesome. Uh, who else do I know? I think Dan Pinelli is probably the best looking guy I know, and he's in Kids tonight. And Lise, good to see you. Amazing. Were you guys from Albany before? Mel, right? Yeah. Uh, good to see you guys. All right, awesome. Just scanning the auditorium. Yeah, good crew, good people. And I'm thrilled to be here. Abraham Ramirez has been bulking. See, marriage has been good to him. <laughs> his, um, his, uh, his parents are in leadership at our church. So are uh, uh, most of his siblings, actually. They're doing pretty good. I'm just not sure about the youngest brother. We're still working on it. But everyone else is doing really, really good. I'm joking. I'm playing around. Let's get into it. Give me a wave if you know just because we are Christians does not make us immune to the issues of life. Just because we are Christian does not make us immune to life's storms. Part of this life is that we go through challenging and testing seasons. But God has this way of working all things together for good. This is the Romans 8.28 promise. But we need to read this verse properly. Because a sloppy misinterpretation of the Word of God would be to say that it's all good. It's all good. You know that guy? It's all good in the hood. That, but God doesn't say that it'll be all good or that all will be good. God says that all things work together for good. So that could mean that along the journey there is disappointment and frustration and delay and confusion. But that is mixed with joy and hope and peace and patience. But at the end of the day, still a story that gives God all the glory, and is still a story that has been worked together for my good. Now, the story of Naomi and Ruth is one of those stories. It all worked together for good. It wasn't all good, but it all worked together for good. Now, the book of Ruth starts with our patriarch, let's call him, Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and their two sons, Melon and Kilion. Classic Perth, suburban family of four. Classic, right? And the whole family leave their hometown of Bethlehem due to a famine in Israel and move to a foreign country known as Moab. It's ironic that there's a famine in Bethlehem because the name Bethlehem means house of bread. So this time there's no bread in the house of bread. And so they leave Bethlehem and they go to Moab. And whilst they are in Moab, this foreign land, through no fault of Naomi, no fault of anyone's, Elimelech dies. Does that sound good? No. Now, I'm going to ask you that question a few times throughout this message. And each time, it's not a trick question. The answer is no. (laughs) Does that sound good? Does that sound good? No. No, it wasn't good. So... Naomi is left with her two sons. Her husband Elimelech is dead, but at least she has her two sons. And the boys go on to marry Moabite women, foreign women. Uh, Malon marries a Moabite named Ruth, and Killion marries a Moabite named Orpah. Orpah, not Oprah, Orpah. Uh, Microsoft Word wanted that to be auto-corrected to Oprah, but it wasn't Oprah, it was Orpah. Uh, But then 10 years later, after Elimelech's death, both of Naomi's sons, Malon and Kilion, die. Does that sound good? No. I I think we need to put ourselves in Naomi's shoes. This is, without a doubt, the worst thing that can happen to anyone. This goes beyond the disappointment of being rejected or the disappointment of not getting the job. Naomi left her hometown of Bethlehem full, but now she's empty. Now, her husband and her sons are dead. Does that sound good? No, it doesn't sound good. Now, Pastor Jaden, I promise this is going to spice up as we go along. I know it sounds depresso. They offered me an espresso earlier. I know this sounds depresso, but it's going to get better. It's going to spice up. It sounds cold right now, but the winter's going to warm up in Jesus' name. Does that sound good? No, but it all worked. We're warming up. Yes, we're warming up. But does the story sound good? No. Just to clarify, good stuff, Katie. But it all worked together for good. Now, jumping back in at chapter 1, verse 6, it says, then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. And I believe that this verse is for anyone who feels like a situation in their life right now is not good. Finances are not good because the RBA keeps raising the cash rate. Marriage is not good. Job, not good. Children are not good. Or housing situation, not good. I believe that this is the word of the Lord for you, that the crops in Bethlehem are good again. My friend, it's harvest time. My friend, it's time to eat. And we declare that everywhere you have sown, that you're about to reap. We declare that there is increase on your life. Someone needs to receive this tonight, man. We declare there is promotion on your life. And we declare that every delay over your life is broken in Jesus' name. It's harvest time. As the word of the Lord says, there's bread again. And so Naomi, Sets back to return to Bethlehem with her daughter's in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Now remember, Ruth and Orpah have lost their husbands too. Ruth and Orpah are childless too. And Naomi, along the way, tries to reason with the girls. She says, hey guys, I'm going back to Bethlehem. But to be honest, you can go ahead and go home. Because I'm too old now. I'm too old for a kinsman redeemer—we're going to explain what that is in a moment—to come out of my womb. You're better off going home. Now, there is a reason that this book isn't called the book of Orpah, because the Bible says that Orpah says, fair enough, I'm out of here. But the Bible says that Ruth clings tightly to Naomi, and she says in verse 16, Don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. The situation was not good, but it all worked together for good. Can you just go ahead and touch three people that you know and tell them, that it's about to get good. 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 Chapter 2 verse 3 says, so Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters and as it happened she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law Elimelech. Everybody say, as it happened as it happened. See, Ruth didn't go out looking for Boaz. Ruth didn't go out looking for a husband. Ruth didn't go out looking for money. She just picked a field and started working in it. And as it happened, that field belonged to Boaz. See, there's no coincidences in the kingdom. And this is a promise for you, my friend. You stay faithful in your field you keep plowing your field, you keep harvesting your field, and you will find favor with the Lord. Ruth finds favor with Boaz, and jumping back in at verse 10, it says, Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness? I'm only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz said, but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard... How you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. Boaz does not know Ruth, but Ruth's reputation has gone before her. And I don't know who this is for today, but I'm just going to throw out some seed right now. God has seen your faithfulness. God has seen your obedience. God has seen your integrity. God has seen your discipline. God has seen your sacrifice. And in verse 12, it says that Boaz says to Ruth, May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you've done. May the Lord reward you fully. Everybody say, fully, fully, fully. That's a promise. Not quarter, not quarter pounder, not half, not half full, but fully. Because of your faithfulness, your obedience, your sacrifice, your discipline. May the Lord reward you fully. And just as Boaz says, Ruth was rewarded fully. It all worked together, which means Boaz decides that he will redeem Ruth, meaning that he will take Ruth to be his wife, and in doing so, will acquire all of the property of Elimelech, Malon, and Kilion that will be passed on to Ruth's son, if she has a son, as Malon's heir. And then we read that the elders pray an interesting blessing over Ruth. Trust me, it's going to make sense in a moment. You just got to stay focused and lean. And this is deep. This is, so, this is so, so, so deep. Ruth chapter 4 says, then all the elders and the people standing at the gate replied, we are witnesses. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, from whom all the nation of Israel descended. May you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. And may the Lord give you descendants by this young woman, who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. What a blessing. But do you know these stories? This sounds like a beautiful blessing. Because both of these stories were stories that worked together for good. But neither of these stories were all good. May the Lord make this woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. That sounds so pleasant. But do you know the story of Rachel and Leah? That goes back to our third-generation patriarch, Jacob. You know Jacob is in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob as in tricked his brother Esau out of the blessing and the birthright. Jacob, that Jacob, the same Jacob who after he tricked Esau out of the birthright and the blessing, Esau wanted to kill him. So he fled and worked for his uncle Laban in Haran. And his uncle Laban had these two daughters. He had Rachel and he had Leah. And the Bible says that Rachel was beautiful. But Leah is the one that we would say has the good personality. And so... Jacob falls for Rachel, and Laban makes Jacob work for seven years to marry Rachel, and Jacob works for seven years to marry Rachel, but on the wedding night, you're not going to believe this. Uncle Laban has done the old bait and switch. Uncle Laban has done the old cloak and dagger, and sleeping in Jacob's marital bed that night wasn't Rachel, but was Leah. Does that sound good? No. Have you ever been in a situation like that? You thought you were marrying Rachel... No, 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 all the husbands are like, no, 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 not me. You thought you were marrying Rachel, but you were marrying Leah. You thought the opportunity was Rachel, but the opportunity was Leah. You thought the new job was Rachel, but the new job was Leah. You thought the investment was Rachel, but the investment was Leah. Some of you thought crypto was Rachel, but crypto was Leah. Jacob has to work for another seven years to marry Rachel. Does that sound good? No, And even though Rachel was beautiful, Rachel was barren, whereas Leah was able to have children. And so in Leah's attempts to gain her husband's affection, Leah just pops him out. Reuben and and Simeon and Levi and Judah and Rachel, meanwhile, is sitting there. She still can't conceive. And so she offers up her maidservant Bilhah and Bilhah bears Jacob two more sons, Dan and Naphtali. Leah didn't realize that you could throw your maidservants into the game. I told you it would warm up. And so she throws her maidservant, Zilpah, into the game. And then she bears Jacob, two more children, Gad and Asher. And then Leah jumps back in herself and bears Jacob, two more children, Issachar and Zebulun. And Rachel is finally able to conceive. And Rachel bears Jacob, Joseph. And then Rachel falls pregnant again with Benjamin, but dies in childbirth. Does that sound good? No. No. Did it all work together for good? Yes. Because generations later, the elders of the tribe are able to talk about the way that Leah and Rachel built up the family of Israel as a blessing. Guys, guys, a blessing. Not a story of Laban's lie. Not a story of Jacob being paid back for what he did to Esau. Not as a story of competition between Rachel and Leah, not as a story of barrenness, but as a blessing, a story that has been worked together for good and for God's glory. It all works together. And then, Lise, the elders pray this second interesting blessing over the Ruth. They say, may this woman, I feel like the pulpit's bouncing, but I'm bouncing, but that's okay. May this woman, Give you descendants who will be like those of our ancestor Perez, the son of Tamar and Judah. Hands up if you know the story of Tamar and Judah. Now, I'm going to break it down. Tamar marries Judah's son Ur. His name was Ur. It's very unfortunate. But, but because Ur did what was evil in the Lord's sight, Ur dies. Does that sound good? No. And so where a woman's husband dies, according to Levitical law, the husband's brother is able to marry his brother's widow so that she will be looked after. The new husband then gets the wife pregnant and produces an heir for his dead brother's estate. The new husband is what they call the kinsman redeemer. So, Tamar marries Judah's second son, Onan. Onan did not like the idea of producing an heir for his brother. So, the way I'm going to frame this for a family 4 p.m. service is that Onan did some naughty things each time he was intimate with Tamar. Some very naughty things. Onan was a naughty boy. I'm not going to go into it. I would simply recommend that you read Genesis chapter 38, it is so. R- Do you like that homework? It is so R-rated that I can't read it in church. How? How's that? Last week, bring a legacy offering. This week, read Genesis chapter 38. But the point is, because Onan did what was evil in the Lord's sight, Onan dies. Does that sound good? No. So according again to Levitical law and the principle of kinsman redeemer, Judah should have offered up his third son, Shelah. To marry Tamar, but he is scared that his third son will die too. So Tamar ends up, yeah, 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 it's bad. Does that sound good? No. So Tamar ends up twice widowed with no son. So Tamar, you're gonna like this. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not just pointing someone out. So Tamar, no, this is spicy, man. It's too, you said warm it up for winter, all right? So now we're getting spicy. So Tamar ends up tricking Judah her father-in-law, into sleeping with her by pretending to be a prostitute by the side of the road. Does that sound good? No. Did it all work together for good? Yes. She ends up pregnant with twins. Genesis 38 is crazy, and you can take that to the bank, because as Tamar is giving birth, one of the twins puts his arm through what we will call the birth passageway, And the midwife wraps some scarlet thread over the arm, and then it goes back in. And then the twin without the scarlet thread comes through. And as he comes through, the midwife asks him, "How?" she's asking this baby, Genesis 38 is crazy. (laughs) This baby comes out, and she asks him, how is it that you break through? And so they named this boy Perez, because Perez means breakthrough. I make this declaration over you today, Kingdom City. I mean, oceans. I'm in a bad habit. I'm in a good habit. I preached two services this morning. You gotta go with me. I make this declaration over you today, oceans, that the story that has brought you the greatest pain will one day become the testimony of your greatest breakthrough. It all works together. This is how it was for us and our second daughter, our miracle girl, Chloe. It wasn't all good, but it all worked together for good. And now the story that brought us the greatest pain has now become the testimony of our greatest breakthrough. See, generations later, Rachel, how Rachel and Leah built up the family of Israel and the story of Perez's birth become prayers of blessing over Ruth. Because it all worked together for good. And so, I don't know who else signed up to build a house when the government announced those grants. Anyone in this room tonight? You made a good choice, man. You made a good choice. We, we've been claiming this promise over our house for the last three years. Because when the government announced... The, I know Pastor Schaafen and Jess are in the same boat. They draw, I just posted about our house. We've moved in, by the way. Three years 934 days, but who's counting? And, and Pastor Jess Williams commented congratulations, we're still waiting. Two and a half years in, I I know you guys know that. You've probably heard messages crafted around that as well. (laughs) Kingdom City sure has, thank God. I'm gonna find new preaching content, thank God. And so in 2020, when the government announced these grants, we decided to sell our family home in Piara Waters and build a bigger home because, hey, $45,000 is a lot of money for anyone, right? And so we signed the building contract and we sold our family home. And after we sold our family home, the market boomed. Can I just repeat that again, just so it sinks in? We sold our home, and then the market boomed. (laughs) You got that? We sold the home, and then the market boomed. Does that sound good? No. (laughs) By September last year, we had moved three times in two years, from rental to rental. Does that sound good? No. Now, just when we had settled in a new rental, just when we thought we had found our kinsman redeemer. Because of the interest rate rises, the owner decided to sell. So by November, 2022, just two months after we moved into the new rental, we were now getting that rental ready for somebody else's home opens. Does that sound good? No, offer, acceptance, finance. I'm happy for all the parties involved. We were out of that rental by February this year. And between February and June, we have moved another three times. Does that sound good? No. Living with the in-laws, does that sound good? No. But now, <laughs> with a young family, right, as of June, we're in our house. And, and it's amazing how quickly the trauma fades away <laughs> when you're sitting in there. The journey wasn't good, let me be honest. But did God work it all together for good? Yes. Now, this might be a promise for someone today. It might not be all good right now. But I believe God is working it all together for good. Time to land the plane as the keys can come. Boaz wasn't even first in line to be the kinsman redeemer for Naomi and Ruth. There was somebody else in line to redeem Elimelech's estate. Jumping back in at chapter 4 verse 3, it says, Boaz said to the family redeemer, You know Naomi who came back from Moab. She is selling the land that belonged to our relative Elimelech. I thought I should speak to you about it so that you can redeem it if you wish. If you want the land, then buy it here in the presence of these witnesses. But if you don't want it, let me know right away because I am next in line to redeem it after you. And the man replied, all right, I'll redeem it. Then Boaz told him, of course, your purchase of the land from Naomi also requires that you marry Ruth the Moabite widow, that way she can have children who will carry on her husband's name and keep the land in the family. Then I can't redeem it, the family redeemer replied, because this might endanger my own estate. You redeem the land, I cannot do it. First guy in line, when he hears about the land, he says, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm in, I'll do it, I'll buy the land. Until he realizes that the land comes with a Moabite. And then his response changes to, I can't do it. I can't go through with it. I'll take the land, but I won't take the Moabite. I'll take the baby, but I won't take the pain. I'll take the house, but I won't take the journey. I'll take the responsibility, but I won't take the process. He says to Boaz, you redeem the land, I cannot do it. So here's the question. Would you still take the land if you knew it came with a Moabite? Would you still take Rachel if you knew she came with Leah? Would you still take Perez if you knew the journey that came with him? Would I still build the house if I knew the three years we were going to go through? Look, jury's out on that one, to be honest, right now. But because the principle of kinsman redeemer means that you have to pay the price in full. Jumping back in from verse 13, Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became pregnant with his wife. When he slept with her, winter warm-up, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. Make this child be famous in Israel May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. And Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, winter warm-up. And she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse. And the grandfather of David. It wasn't all good. But did God work it all together for good? Yes. Ruth gives birth to Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. That's right, King David. And Jesus Christ, our Messiah, was a descendant of King David. Ruth, the Moabite widow is grafted into the genealogy of our Messiah. It wasn't all good, but it all worked together for good. And I make the same declaration I made at the outset of the service. Over every person that is in a battle right now, every person in a valley right now, every person facing a challenge or an obstacle right now, every person facing delay, disappointment, or frustration right now, it all works together. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. In Jesus' name, and we all said. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.